0: This movie is so deliciously super bloody. It is. And all that red on the white snow. Exactly.
1: I think it would would be a very interesting rewatch right now because I think those divides that you're talking about have only been accentuated in the years since this movie has come out.
2: So while I don't think this is Horror movie like Carpenter is absolutely playing with a lot of horror ropes. But when you think like really genre films, I think that this is the
3: first movie you think of when you say a siege movie. This is 100%. the first one.
1: Welcome back to the Fright Club podcast, invading your space as we talk <laughs> about sieges and more with a couple of special guests. Welcome in. She is Hope Mad. He's George Wolf. And we are from madwolf.com bringing you the Fright Club podcast. And we had actually big news since the last podcast, and a lot of people to thank. That watched our movie, Obstacle Corpse, available now. That is
3: right. It is uh, It's on VOD. You can find it on Prime. You can find it on Voodoo. Right. You can find it beginning Friday at the Gateway Film Center, where it is going to have at least a week's run. Could be longer if enough people buy tickets. <laughs> so come out and see it.
1: Yep, that's here in our home base of Columbus, Ohio. Great to see it. I mean, we've seen it a few times on the big screen, but, you know, we love big screen experiences. So as much as we love that it's available very conveniently for everyone to dial up, we love that it's on the big screen as well.
3: Yeah, also it is, if I may say so myself, it's a fun movie to watch on the big screen. It is, and you may say so. I may say so. It gets a a good (laughs)
1: reaction from the crowd. So
3: it's a fun fun one to watch with the crowd.
1: Yeah, and we had a great response from Fright Clubbers um, throughout that have watched the movie and have been waiting for it because let's, I mean, let's be honest, we've been hyping it now for a while. (laughs) (laughs) So... Thank you so much. To yeah, everyone, so it was. It. Yeah,
3: I wanted to thank especially Jen Dreadful and Dustin Meadows, who we will talk about again in a second. Our friends Seth, Brandon, Daniel, and more. You know who who you know took to the uh, took to the internets right. to talk about how much they enjoyed
1: finally getting a chance to see it. So that was yeah, awesome. They didn't of everybody. they did actually say you know enough already. No, finally <laughs> we get to see the movie you've been talking about it for too damn long. Uh, but no, it's great. We, we really appreciate that. So, Obstacle Corpse. Streaming now on Prime on Voodoo. And I love that it's on Voodoo now because it gets, it lets me say that Voodoo that you do. That's right. Um, you do like to say off that. Too often. <laughs> too often. But the, you know, the more places you can see it, the better. So check it out. Thank and, you so much.
3: And we also want to thank everybody who came out last month lovable losers we watched happiness of the categories fright club live which is another that is a fun movie to watch with a crowd it was it would be a weird movie to watch alone i think because you would keep looking around like is everybody seeing this but then there would be no one but you
1: yeah and it was a great response from the people who had not seen it before we always love we always take that poll before we start the film how many people have seen this particular movie and a lot of people had not most people had not and i was very curious to get their reaction. Not everybody <laughs> no. was down with the experience, <laughs> no. and I get that.
3: It's 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 like if a karaoke video like <laughs> behind you and you do karaoke. If like a karaoke video and you were just watching it instead of the singer, and it killed a bunch of people, you'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> that's kind of like watching this yeah. movie." Yeah, and of course, <laughs>
1: it's one of our favorite filmmakers, Takashi Miike. Yes. You know, maybe not all of them are bullseyes, but we always want to know what he's doing.
3: Yes. And someday we'll catch up and have seen all 115 of his I movies. I doubt But uh, that is going to take a while. But we're trying. <laughs> we are uh, trying. We got some great feedback, again, from our friend Dustin and Corey because our topic was lovable losers. And so people like to – we like to have people point out – George likes when people point out who I miss on the list. I think that's the closest <laughs> thing to accurate. <laughs> Dustin and Corey, both. Shelley from Friday the Thirteenth. That's true. He deserved a mention. We, I mean, he maybe not a, a place on the list, but maybe honestly, that was a good uh, a one. Corey also says Randy Meeks from Scream. Okay, all right. I He's maybe. not that lovable, really, to me.
1: Well, that's the good. It's a good character. That's though. part of. That's part of it. You got to be lovable.
3: That's right. And Seth, uh, happy belated birthday, by the way, Seth. Um, Elvis and JFK from Bubba Hotep I can see that Mm -hmm. they are both lovable and they uh, especially in the context of that film losers
1: yeah anytime and anytime we can mention Bubba Hotep exactly That's a good thing so always love the uh, the feedback thank you so much I think somebody didn't somebody um, mention Carrie
3: Maybe so.
2: I yeah. Thought, okay, that's yeah.
1: such a major character. Yeah. You, you kind of think of lovable losers as, as side characters. Well, I I,
3: I I can't. I mean, I don't. It's not that I. I yeah, I can't see her as lovable. Maybe that's wrong. <laughs> Maybe it's the terror. Sympathetic. Yeah. Sympathetic. Yeah. We are going to do a sympathetic, uh, sympathetic murderers. That's going to be a topic at some point. Okay.
1: So we move from lovable losers <laughs> to siege. Now, I know... In getting together, at least our list, there was some you had to establish the parameters about what made a siege film.
3: Yes, which sometimes you do if it's if it's a broad topic with so many movies. I have to just think, okay, I've got to categorize because that's what I do in my brain is categorize. Also, I want to point out that our uh, one of our two lovely guests, Dustin Meadows, this was his topic of Uh choice. He was the one who who pitched this topic, which is a great topic. And I don't like to take credit when it wasn't my idea. And so what I was looking at, I, I was looking for an organized military style not necessary military but military style siege right assault meant to overtake a city or or a target so i was avoid i was avoiding home invasion films like funny games which mm-hmm. we I, I will there. talk about funny games as often oh, as I yeah. can. but oh, yeah. yeah strangers yeah i was avoiding those and um i was also avoiding um zombie films because almost every zombie film honestly can at some point becomes like a siege movie mm-hmm. so i was i was kind of avoiding okay. zombie movies and then I want to just run through a handful that that almost made our list. And this was tough because these are there are some great movies. There are some great movie options, even if you – once you prune away those others. So almost made our list. Attack the Block. I fucking love that love movie. Love it. I love that movie so much. It's hard for me to see it as a horror film. Sci-fi for sure. Thriller maybe. I can't see it as a horror film. So, sure. so that's why I didn't put it on there. Um, a couple of horror films outright that didn't quite make it. Malum. And let us pray. Yeah. I like both of those, and they both are riffs on assault on precinct thirteen. Now, I could see how somebody sees that movie as a horror movie. I, especially since Carpenter made it, but I, I don't. I see it as, a, as a, like a police thriller. Well, so you're making the rules. I'm well. I'm making my rules. <laughs> Some people might break them. But the point is I don't have it. We, George, you and I. We That's don't right. have it.
1: We don't have it. We don't have a salt on pre-sick 13 on our <laughs> list. So All right. Well, enough of us. Let's welcome in our two special guests today. And one of them, yeah, you already mentioned Dustin. It was his idea. Yeah,
3: a couple of times, actually, yeah. Dustin Meadows, uh, a friend of ours who moved to L.A. not too long, a couple of years ago. We've missed him at the Fright Clubs and the Fright Club Lives. He is out there. He's a filmmaker. He's an actor, composer, comic. Thank you for joining us, Dustin.
2: Thanks for having me. I've been very excited to do this, and I miss being at Fright Club. We miss so. And you left out Calendar Model.
3: Oh, I did leave out yeah.
2: Calendar Sorry. Model. Sorry. Oh, yes. Sorry. Also Calendar Model, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, star of the runway.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then Dustin has brought along his friend who we've not met before. We're excited to get a chance to meet. Um, Alison Locke, a filmmaker who we just we watched her film The Apology on Shudder this week. Super impressive. Also, also uh, co-starring like one of my heroes my whole life, Janine Garofalo, the bowler. From uh, also, right? So, uh, let's just take a second and be sad that Paul Rubens died this week. Oh, the spleen yeah. and the bowler. The bowler, uh, um, was like a hero. That's who I wanted to grow up to be. Um, yeah. so. That must have been exciting to work with her. Hey, welcome, Allison. I'm just going to keep talking. Sorry.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> I love your podcast. I love oh, your taste. Thank
1: you. Congratulations thank you. on all your success with the film. I mean, I know I know thank it's on more outlets than Shudder, and we'll talk about that, but we love Shudder, so congrats. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. I love Shudder, too. When I found out the film uh, was going to be on Shudder, I burst into tears. Yeah. Tear.
1: I don't yeah. doubt it. That is fantastic. And it's
3: not a siege Film, although I have to admit that, like halfway through, I thought, wouldn't that be kind of funny? <laughs> but it's a very intimate, really claustrophobic, very tense thriller with actually, I mean, uh, I mean, a, a small but really exceptional cast, all faces and names that you would know from a ton of other stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, Linus Roache, he was so good in it. It was a, it was great. It was a really impressive film. So, um, congratulations!
0: Thank you so much. And I can also just um, assuage any fears you might have that Janine Grofflow is the, uh, the queen we all deserve and love and hope for. She was such a supportive collaborator, so smart. She just absolutely got what her part in it was. I just loved, uh, love, love, love That's great, great to hear. Love
3: that's, to hear that. When she was talking to her dog, her dog's pooping, but they're in the middle of this big bad snowstorm, and she's just like, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that was funny because I actually wrote that scene originally as she was talking to herself because that's what I do. And mm-hmm. She was like, well, I, I, she's very obsessed with dogs. Her and her partner both do all these things for dogs, and so she's like, well, I just talk to my dogs all the time. So that was her idea to turn that into
3: talking smart. to Very cool.
1: Well, Always got to give credit where
0: credit is due. (laughs) That's right.
1: Understood. So (laughs) you guys have collaborated on your top five. We've got our top five. And we have one, just one overlap. That's right. So we're going to talk about a lot of films. Mm -hmm. So let's do that.
0: May I also just say from the beginning, um, I love the movies on your list, too. So I think a lot of these were also sort of runner-ups for us. A lot of the runner-ups that you mentioned were ones Mm -hmm. for us as well, like obviously my movie is more of a sort of take on the home invasion but I love stage movies so we had way too much fun we also had to kind of take zombie movies out of the equation because sure. it was like yeah. it would basically be like our number one and four zombie movies
1: oh exactly so it was a little yeah. less yeah. interesting
0: yeah. you know
3: yeah so, exactly
1: yeah. understood okay so we'll just go what five five we'll just mm-hmm. start off who's starting start, we'll, we start with their list first
3: okay and that way our last is always the last thing we talk about so <laughs> uh, it seems like I'm being polite let's start with the guest it's not at all
2: it's all totally right. about <laughs> me alright so uh, you guys <laughs> (laughs)
1: get to kick it off with your number five
2: take it away perfect uh our number five this movie is kind of the whole reason that i wanted to do this because i don't feel like this movie gets talked about nearly enough and we went with pfw uh joe bagos's siege movie with a bunch of character actor veterans under siege from a bunch of drug-addled essentially zombies uh from what 2020 i think that this got like theatrical distribution um and when this came to gateway i saw it three times the one week that it was there. This was my favorite movie of that year.
4: Anybody else want to come in my bar? Yeah,
0: yeah, I loved it too. I that's a recent watch for me because Dustin turned me on to it and I love um movie movies in general but especially horror movies with older characters. I get very excited about yeah. it. I love ensembles. That's what part of what I love about siege movies is it gives you the opportunity to to marry the sort of the violence and the you know craziness and the strategy that I love about you know good horror movies with uh, these ensemble characters, and I just thought they did an outstanding job. Especially Stephen Lang, I just loved yes. so much in this. Yeah, he is always. so outstanding. He is just like I just love that they approach this ridiculous kind of premise in a lot of ways with this very grounded, almost like kind of Steppenwolf theatrical acting like the actors are so good and yeah. grounded in this.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love to see veterans like that. He's great plus. If you're like me and you grew up with a dad who was always going to the VFW, yeah. you wonder what's going on in there and you finally find
2: out. Yeah, they're they're improvising weapons and waging guerrilla warfare against uh, the local drug trade. And, and a little gambling probably too, but yeah. if that's yep. that's what it takes, I love it. No, it's a it's oh, yeah.
3: it's a, a great premise that he came up with. You know, it's like you always think about that. Like, OK, what if the zombies or in this case they are not exactly zombies, but they're drug addled and zombie like. And what if they attack this group or that group? And it's like a family or military It's like, well, it's the VFW. I mean, they're like old men. And yet they are veterans of foreign wars. I mean, they have experience yes. and they are badasses. And, you know, what do they care if they die? Turns out they don't. So that's you know, you've got that going for you. And it's it's so gritty. It's so. I mean, Bagos's movies are are like that. They have this mm-hmm. this like underbelly sort of feel about them. All of them do, and this really electric current of action all the way through them. And uh, and it's quite a gem. It really is that movie is. And and mainly, I think it is because of. Otherwise, you know, it would feel like oh, it's another sort of Escape from New York riff with less money. But it's got such a completely different vibe because it's so rooted in these veteran actors who. Uh, who all do such a great job. It's like they're so excited to get a chance to show off again, you know? And then all together, they get a chance to just work off of each other. I think that's a lot of it, too, is like the camaraderie within that bar was great.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can th- you can feel the actors having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a real like, which works perfectly because they're supposed to play. They're playing long-term friends. Yeah, and so that's really
2: lovely. For sure. Yeah, and th- and this cast like across the board is so good. We we have a couple uh, that'll be in some other stuff coming up. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but, I noticed there was
0: one actor three of our films.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. You get you get William Sadler, who I absolutely love anytime he shows up. Uh, you got Fred Williamson david patrick kelly uh definitely most popular for warriors but great in everything yeah. he shows up in yep. martin co from the karate kid yep. uh and then george wentz as well like it's <laughs> yeah this cast is phenomenal hmm. and like just getting to see them and i i've also been a huge stephen lang fan since i was a kid uh and i saw him in the hard way with michael j fox as the villain uh... um so yeah it's like the last like five or six years getting to see this like surge of him like getting lead roles in genre pictures has been really cool
1: agreed agreed and that is uh their number five for dustin allison vfw so let's go to ours and this is from 2007 after an alaskan town is plunged into darkness for a month it is attacked by a bloodthirsty gang of vampires 30 days of night that cold ain't the weather
3: that's death approaching they are tearing through everyone's
1: home Last
3: We've talked about this one before. First of all, because I can't believe we never thought of the idea before that you're a vampire, so naturally, why don't you go? To the areas of the world where it's night for a full month. I bet we're the month. only ones that I'm thought, sure. why didn't I think yes, of that? Yes, why did I think of that? So, <laughs> but I was a little – given the, the cast, the main cast at the time, I was a little worried. But, I mean, they pulled it off, and, and a great deal of it has to do with um, – well, I think with David Slade's direction, but also with the, the actual vampires, the way the vampires are conceptualized and um, and the fact that Danny Houston is the main vampire oh. and he's so magnificent. But the way they yeah. all look That's is great. so amazing. And the and then, you know, so they descend and, and, of course, they tear the shit out of a ton of people. And then the people who are left are in like these little clusters in whatever house they happen to be in at the time and the best scene is the although there are some great scenes throughout but the best scene is there's a, there's a little cluster of people and they're hiding in an attic and the old man in the attic uh, has dementia and so they never know when he's going to go off and make noise and draw attention and they hear a little girl outside crying and calling for help uh-huh. and they look out and they got to keep people from going out to help her and she's just clutching this doll and she's crying down the street and then they pan back and you see the vampires just on top of the houses looking down and waiting yeah. like who's coming out because yeah. we're hungry yeah. it's so great and then just the way that they like these really, and I don't usually like the quick cut, but I mean, the way that they attack the people in the houses at the very beginning, and you don't even see the vampires, you just see the body disappear and then carnage everywhere. Um, and so, you know, as a siege movie, it's really the whole town. I mean, they're just, you know, that's the target is this whole town. But I loved. First of all, any movie that, like, I didn't have really high expectations of this. And it, it so exceeded
1: all of them. It was so much fun. And the cast is great. You mentioned Danny Houston. Ben Foster. Right. Ben Foster mm-hmm. who classes oh, yes. up pretty much everything. Also, I love that the vampires speak a completely original language. The language was yeah. created yeah. for the film. Yes. That is cool. I also love, as always, it has a Wilhelm scream in it. <laughs> um, Your after a man is thrown off a metal roof by a vampire. Oh, nice. Wilhelm scream. Yeah. So,
4: Check check
1: mark there but it's no. yeah it's a great idea it, it's such an, an obvious idea but but it took so long to get to the screen and really well done it definitely is a siege it almost feels like a, a, a military, military yeah. invasion it, it does. does
0: Yeah, I love a siege movie that'll go through a whole town like Dustin and I also talked about Tremors which yes yeah roundabout. yeah yeah like I love that that idea. And this movie is so deliciously super bloody. It is in the all that red on the white snow. I mean, exactly. yeah, I'm a fave.
2: yes. <laughs> I need to mention because no one has yet. Uh, Josh Hartnett or Josh oh, Hotness, as yes. <laughs> I like to refer to him, uh, is fantastic in this. And I also the vampire design. uh is really great because they look less like humans and more like sharks yeah which i remember Mm. uh like reading an interview that that was kind of the idea is like they wanted them to feel more like creatures Mm -hmm. than people who were feeding on people and it it works like they they've got the black guys like a doll's eyes and all that (laughs) uh but yeah it this is an amazing movie i i showed my fiance this earlier this year and then it ended up being one of the surprise movies for a two thousand horror marathon at uh, the New Bev a few months ago. So I got to see it again, oh, not nice. realizing I was going to. Nice. Fantastic So that's yeah, our,
1: fantastic movie. Our number five from 2007, 30 Days of Night. So we'll throw it back to you guys for your number four.
0: So our number four is the controversial assault on <laughs>
1: Precipitation. <laughs> you mean it was controversial here in the last 15
2: minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah war going on down here we can't find the damn thing a white hot night of hate assault on precinct 13.
0: i, I love i love this kind of discussion i actually really nerd out about qualifying what genre yeah. is because i'm a real map like genre masher myself in my own work even though i'm such a horror hound and so i, I tend to think that there are so many different kind of subgenres under this umbrella Of horror, but I just I I, when I think siege movie, this is the 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 second one I think of. Our number one is our main one that I think of, and so I was like, I can't not include this. I love it so much, and and I watched it again um, recently. And of course, you know these movies you've seen many times because you love them so much. But and I really was like struck by like, oh, it's bloody really quickly. They're doing like a whole blood oath thing. They're like pouring blood into a bowl. It's pretty yeah. It's pretty yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, but I just think this movie is so smart and uh, precise, and what they did for so little money, it's just, you can, and, and it's so fun to see, you know, of course, earlier movies by, you know, masters, just, yeah. just getting to see kind of where a lot of that came from, and how sort of Howard Hoxian this movie is, the mm-hmm. way that, they, you know, such a small ensemble, and yet the way they they speak to each other is just so fun and kind of bantery, I just loved it. The performances are so much better than they have any business being. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just a fun, fun movie. And it's my absolute favorite music to write to, so I have to give tribute to the score as well. Nice. Oh, so nice. to write to is this score. So.
2: Very cool. Yeah. yeah. This is a fantastic carp. I mean, I'm an easy mark for pretty much anything Carpenter does, especially sure. score-wise. Uh, uh, on the note, I had not seen Rio Bravo uh, until oh. about a year ago. Uh, and this, you know, being carpenter's riff on rio bravo mm-hmm. they actually did it as a double feature with precinct 13. Wow. so i got to see them back to back uh which definitely like recontextualized the movie that i already love and this one Allison and i went back and forth on a couple of times were was like is it horror and like i think our reason for including this is like genre pictures in general i feel like are kind of very horror adjacent a lot of the time because uh, like, I know Old Boy has come up a lot on this podcast, yeah. mm. and that's not one that I would necessarily consider a horror, but I absolutely see how it could be part of that, like just because of being a genre picture and everything. Yeah. So that's kind of how we justified the inclusion of this. But also, the gang members, uh, just like VFW, they're portrayed as inhuman. Yeah. Like, l- literally, the first thing we see them do after they make their blood oath uh, is they shoot a child. hmm. And then, like outside of the first scene where they're they're talking about like the blood oath for revenge, they don't talk the entire movie, which just further like kind of makes them seem more inhuman. They're slinking around in the shadows; they're more like monsters than anything. So while I don't think this is a straight horror movie, like Carpenter is absolutely playing with a lot of horror tropes. So that's that is our justification. That's okay. You don't need to justify including this movie. I mean, I think
3: when you think, I mean, if you if you do think outside of of westerns That's probably where the siege movies come, or or like military films. But when you think like really genre films, I think that this is the first movie you think of when you say a siege movie. This is the first one, and it's the one that so many others are just based on. So many others, like Malam, again, is just a riff on this movie. Let Us Pray is exactly a riff on this movie. Even, I think, Prince of Darkness, he picked up a lot of the same stuff that he did in this movie, especially, I think, with the inhuman. When you look out and you've got Alice Cooper and and all of the other homeless people Mm -hmm. that are just circling the building, that's directly out of this movie. So I can 100% I can get behind this idea. Um, And and plus, it's just a great movie. And it's so fun. And it just moves, man. It just zips right Mm -hmm. along.
0: Yeah, the pace of it is enviable. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And I have to say, too, this one is the one that most reminds me of the sort of Alamo story. I grew up in San Antonio. And it's like a huge... Going back to Mr. Rubens, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there there is no old basement in the Alamo. Yeah. And I had to answer that question a lot growing up. And
4: uh,
0: <laughs> so growing up, going to the Alamo and thinking about sieges forever, you know, it's like this one definitely felt the most uh, like the way they described that story.
1: When you answered that question, did you answer it like Jan Hooks? <laughs> There's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but next time I will. <laughs>
1: Because that's how I heard it in my that's head. That's right. <laughs> that's a great one, that's a great one. Yeah, you don't have to uh, justify it for us. Uh, Salt on Precinct 13, they're number four. Okay, moving up to ours, and this is from 1996. Two criminals and their hostages unknowingly seek temporary refuge in a truck stop populated by vampires with chaotic results from dusk till dawn.
4: Lonely dog, bow your head. Kneel and worship at the feet. Of Santanico
1: Pandamonio! So obviously, I, um, I. Wait, I gotta say it. <laughs> That's what I call a fucking show! <laughs> so
3: I, I eliminated, I guess, zombies just so I could make a lot of room for vampires. I didn't think about that, actually, until I put them together. I'm like, I got, I got a couple of vampire movies back to back. But we've talked about this movie a lot. You're obviously a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan as well. And, uh, and one of the reasons that this movie always hit home, and I know I've said this 100,000 times, because essentially Harvey Keitel plays my dad. In this movie, he's wearing my dad's clothes. Uh, He's like on a church retreat in a big camper van, you know, and uh, he looks just like my dad. So I had a lot more anxiety in this movie than most people might have because I'm like, oh, God, they're going to kill my dad. And they totally killed my dad. Um, But it's just I mean, it's just such a great it's just such a great, super fun movie. It completely changes on a dime halfway through. And honestly, for me, the first half. Which isn't maybe technically a horror film is is much scarier movie to me than the second half. The second half is just yeah. can't be fun. Well, with, what happens
1: with that hostage is uh, just yeah. oh man, yeah, like, it's awful. Oh,
3: yeah. It's just awful. The whole cast is, the entire cast is great. And it has got like a VFW feel about it. Once you get in to the Titty Twister, it's all of these character actors who have been doing stuff for a hundred years and they're in this CD bar together. Fred Williams. And oh, again, yeah, then. absolutely. Yep. Um, and uh, and it's just, it's super fun. And then, of course, it's the, you know, uh the songs that Tito and Tarantula are playing <laughs> yeah. are all
1: yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And the, obviously you've got the, the legend Tom Savini is in the film. Oh, yeah. But the effects were Sex machine! Sex machine, (laughs) yeah. When you realize, when you read up the fact that they could only afford, they only had six full-body vampire costumes. Wow. And what they were able to do with that, with the editing and and the camera work, is just amazing because once... Once chaos ensues yeah. in there, man, it's it's just balls to the wall. It really is, yeah.
3: It's super fun. And I love, one of my favorite shots is where the you know the the band turns into vampires, and one yeah. of them is just strung up a corpse, and he's playing <laughs> no, like a torso. Great. I Instantly. love that.
0: Instantly. Yeah, like, where did they get it? They just did had it behind it? the wall? Like, what's yeah.
3: going
0: on? <laughs> I, yeah, I love this movie, too. This was one of my, uh, this actually came out when I was a senior in high school. It was a whole thing. I had to, like, beg my friend to take me because we had no money. And uh, I just love this. It, it's funny, the rewatch, though, I have to say, there's a little bit of like, oh, there's a some 90s, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, grindhouse-y sexism kind of going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but no Julie, question. But Juliette Lewis is so, uh, brings that back around. I think she's just so smart in this. And I'm with you, Hope. Like that Harvey Cartel's character, he reminded me so much of my uncle, who's a Baptist preacher in Texas. And uh, my grandparents used to be uh, driving around in RVs all the time. We'd go to RV rallies and stuff. Sure, yeah. And there's just a lot of, like, if you will. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, grounded details in this otherwise this the shift in this movie I think is what most people talk about and rightly so. It's almost got like a barbarian thing to it where it's just sure. like the movie just switches on you in the middle and you're like so yep. grateful in a way because it is almost like a relief from how brutal that stuff is. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then you realize when it switches, you realize how perfect that title is. Oh, yeah. Uh, love oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love the fact that in the first half, when Seth goes out for fast food, it's big kahuna burger <laughs> that he brings back. <laughs> yep. Love that. Good. Good. Yep.
0: catch. I love that this movie just keeps giving all the way to the, that last shot. Exactly. One of the greatest so last good. shots. in. Agreed.
2: Movie. Oh Agreed. Gosh. I I love this movie. This was also in consideration for Allison and I's list. Um I actually showed this as a Siege Night double feature with VFW last year uh for a movie night. Uh the only reason that I this didn't make our list is because such a small percentage of the movie is actually a siege. Mm-hmm. So I so that's why we rolled it out. Otherwise, like this was definitely on the first list that I put together. Uh, but I, I love this movie. It's an amazing movie. It's a shame George Clooney didn't have more roles like Seth Gecko. Uh, over his career because like I, I think probably that and like out of sight are the best things he's done that weren't with the Coen brothers. Yeah. Um and this movie also has maybe the best opening scene of any movie ever made. <gasps> oh yeah John Hawks.
3: Yeah yeah Ron John Hawks, Hawks the,
2: the yeah, oh, Benny's yeah. World of Liquors. Oh, that's God. such an amazing <laughs> opening scene. Yeah. And still, like you watch that, you're like okay, cool, I'm in for a great. Oh, there are vampires now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, how
0: can yeah. huh. I also just give a shout out to the documentary about the making of this movie? Oh. If you're, you know, if you're listening to this, you're a film lover. Full, t- full tilt boogie. Yes. Watch that too. Ooh. We
3: have not, so we will now. Hello. We will oh. be doing that
1: immediately. It's, it's really good. All right, that's awesome. That's uh, number four. Our list uh, from '96, from dusk till
2: dawn. So we throw it back to you. Top three. Uh, this is really fresh. Uh, I just rewatched this this morning uh, the first tales from the crypt movie Demon Knight. Here!
4: The head the image And ladies, if you think Demon Knight
1: is too gross and yucky. Wow. Thank you.
2: <laughs> this was on the first list I put together too cuz this is another one that I I think like a lot of genre fans like love this movie but like by and large, like I don't think it gets nearly the love it, that it should. Some uh, William Sadler popping up on the list yeah. again, uh, as the main character, and then you have Billy Zane in hands down the best role of his entire career, yeah. as uh, the collector in this. Um, and then even more character actors you got Thomas Hayden Church, right? Uh, per but perpetual character actor, rest in peace, Dick Miller, right? Uh, yeah. CCH Pounder, and then uh, Woo. very early Jada Pinkett Smith. Right, like, right. this is probably maybe one or two movies after like Poetic Justice, so pretty yeah. early for her as well. But yeah, amazing movie. It's funny, it's bloody, and it, it's a full-on siege movie. It's a bunch of uh, demons trying to get this relic uh, and kill a boarding house full of people in New Mexico.
0: I love the specific rules of this and how often they sort of, uh, I wouldn't say change, but just sort of switch from your expectation. And I love like the writing of this is again. It's sort of like in this kind of movie, it's so much better writing than it's than you would expect. And of course, it's got Ernest Dickerson at the helm again. Yes. It's like this, this uh, real artistry to something that is so pulpy. I watched this really late, like a like a year or two ago, and uh, because all of our horror fan friends were like, "You still haven't seen Demon Night?" I was like, "Come on, really?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, this is actually damn delightful."
1: Yeah, it's weird how, and I don't even know how many years the the TV show ran, but something just about Tales from the Stop Crypt yes. is such a is such a time stamp for yeah. me. It just immediately takes my mind to a certain yeah. time uh, in life. It was actually when we first started dating. I I
3: watched it when i was a kid i watched it like in my hometown we watched it every like religiously that and dream on right which would come on right, right on. after it right and uh and then when we started dating it became like our ritual whatever day of the week it was i'm like buh, 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 buh. we got to stay home tonight we it's, watched all those it's <laughs> a very yeah it's a it's a
1: really interesting time stamp and i didn't realize it, it ran would you say seven years seven years yeah yep, awesome. seven And then seasons. they branched out into the movies. so you're right man Great cast.
3: Yeah. And just exactly what you would expect from a Tales from the Crypt movie. I mean, they didn't deviate from the sort of campy, horror, funny, you know, goofiness. Right. Bad effects. Um, Yeah. It's
2: like, hey, what if we had a long episode with a movie budget? Exactly. Exactly. So it
1: was. It's a lot of fun. All right, so Demon Knight, number three on Allison and Dustin's list. We'll go on to our number three from 2002. We've talked about this a time or six. Yeah. Or ten. Uh, <laughs> this is a routine military exercise turning into a nightmare in the Scotland wilderness. Dog Soldiers. Sarge! I'm in the closet! Bitch of a werewolf movie.
4: Dog Soldiers. It'll blow your house down.
3: This is a western. Somebody just took a western, they dropped it in the Highlands of Scotland, and they decided that you know that the black hats were all going to actually be werewolves, and and that's that's how this whole thing goes. I fucking love this movie, and um and it's so funny. And it's so military, like, because it oh. is, it's a military group of people yeah. and they're pinned down. And, and you know, it's such a great, like, all of the tropes that you expect to see, like, the, you know, the moles, you know, the cowards on the inside. But, but what happens to them is so um, startling and gory and funny. It's just such a well-told film. I mean, of course, Neil Marshall then went on to make The Descent, which is one of my all-time favorite. I think yeah. one of the best horror films ever made. Um, but, you know, in this one, it's not like he had the budget for... Right. I mean, th- this cast, th- there are some names in this cast, so they, yeah, they but... had to cost a little bit of something. But I was very impressed by
1: the um, effects as well. Right. Because when you're doing a werewolf movie, right away, people's minds go to, all right, the transformation. Right. And what they're able to do yeah. with shadows and silhouettes, I'm like, right. man, you do a good job... And a good looking get- rubber suit, man. Yeah. Of getting away <laughs> with not having, you know, the budget or the prosthetics or whatever... And making it really cool, yeah. I think it's it's a it's a wonder of of Marshall's work and the effects work and getting away doing a lot with what they had. Yeah, It's amazing.
3: Yeah, and and then uh, Liam Cunningham, who actually also is in Let Us Pray, which didn't make the list, but but got to mention mainly because Pollyanna McIntosh is in it. But <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but I I love him in this movie, and and also Sean Sean Pertry. Oh yeah. Is so great in this movie. I just, uh, I can't say enough lovely things about this one. How you guys feel about this one?
2: Literally, the only reason this didn't make uh, my list is because I wanted VFW, but <laughs> I saw it was on yours, so I was like, I right. get to talk yep. about dog soldiers either way. Uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. I saw it uh, when it came out. Like, we rented it on video, and I remember things was like, this isn't, like, how did I not hear about this? Like, I, I love werewolf movies to begin with, and as far as my all-time werewolf movies, it goes American Werewolf Howling. This. Yeah. Um, the the effects in this are amazing. The the single location is a great idea. Like the action is really good. Um yeah, I i love everything about this movie. Uh it's an absolute blast. And the yeah, the the werewolves especially look really good. Um and Sean Pertwee and Cunningham are, of course, as mentioned, fantastic yeah. in this. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. I love this, too. Um, Actually, Dustin showed this to me for the first time uh, just a few months ago. <gasps> it was one of those, like, glaring omissions on my view list for so long. And uh, I really loved it. I thought it was so smart. And it seems like the closest to uh, on the list to Night of the Living Dead in terms of you can absolutely yep. see that Marshall was you know as we all are worshipful mm. of that movie. So right. the, the strategy involved in this one is is like is kind of akin to that where it's like there's so many discussions about strategy and how to approach this problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that was so smart and I loved the the confinement of that set of the of the house is oh, so yeah. special uh because it does feel like this sort of like strange kind of almost um uh fairy tale folktale kind of
1: place. Oh yeah. It does. Very as, much uh, so. Yeah. I you know, mean you can you, I really
0: yeah, you I can look
1: that. at it as as a a, a a riff on not only little Red Riding Hood oh, yeah. yeah but oh, the Three sure. little pigs yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's amazing one
3: yeah. of the things too yeah. I like yeah, about it brittle. what I think yeah. is is um is subtle in the film although it becomes more glaring as uh, in the third act, and I, you know, it's an old movie, but I don't want to give everything away. But there's a there's a, a current of sexual politics going on in this movie yes. that yep. <laughs> um, that I think sets you up nicely for the descent, which is also essentially a military film that he just made not a military film. Um, and uh, and they're, they're, they had the two have a lot in common, including really fucking scary monsters. Uh, but um, I, I do really love the way the film turns in the third act. And you're like, oh, God, I should have seen that coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, my only note on it is there's one line of dialogue that I feel like <laughs> almost undoes the whole movie. But, uh, but I take that out in my mind and I worship the rest of it. Yeah, Sort of like I take a certain moment out of Straw Dogs from my mind. I yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And I also <laughs> love how it's got multiple that. multiple homages to other movies. Yeah. Uh, which yes. I always love, always love to spot those. So that's Goody. Uh, we agree, number, our number three from 2002, Dog Soldiers. So we're getting to the the top here, creme de la creme. So we'll go back to your list, uh, Allison and Dustin, for number two.
0: Our number two is The Mist. Shut the door! It is time to take sides. Read the good book. It calls for blood. I was going to let
2: the monsters get me. Who she's gonna sacrifice to make it all better?
0: We want the boy. You try it. Kill him! I actually just rewatched this again last night. Nice. Uh, it had been a long time. I did time. this morning. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun rewatching Siege movies since we started talking about doing this. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I. I love how smart this movie is, and yet how stupid most of the people in it are. Uh, I, I love that, that they are so human in their frailty and their panic. Uh, I love, uh, talk about just another, uh, another great movie of like these incredible, rich, varied characters. You have, you know, Andre Brower, who I worked with briefly and is just a, an absolute gem of a person. And he he never I feel like he never gets talked about enough, even though he's like Mr. Super Reliable. He's in so many great things. But he plays somebody so unlikable in this movie, but in a very human way, like in that he feels like the people around him, the townies, he's like from the city. And he feels like the townies are sort of like, you know, we hate the city guy. Like the sort of city people versus the townies versus the like people who've been there for a long time feels very much of that, you know, it's from a story or a novella by Stephen King and it has that kind of running theme that he also often explores this idea that like even within the same place there's all this sort of not even necessarily class although that's a, certainly a part of it but just the way that you look at life and what your occupations are what your family situations are clickishness. Like what level yeah it, it just, i think it's so it's so smart and it's so full of amazing amazing actors including Mr. Sadler again yep. <laughs> another William Sadler yeah. appearance <laughs> uh and uh thomas jane is so great and sort of primal in this like his Mm. like nobody kind of like freaks out and sort of cries and screams quite like thomas jane in this movie he's uh he's outstanding the the monster design is really uh, really special and kind of pulpy like that's sort of like not aged as well It, it has aged into a bit sort of like the movie monster but in a fun way because it is sort of like about this like this can't be real, right? (laughs) So the whole time you're like almost looking at it going, it can't be real, right? But it's just, it's gorgeous. Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah. This is so good. Uh, She takes a character that you would normally just, you know, disregard and really grounds her in this, like she has her own logic that is, and then she sees her opportunity to be this like, leader. Kind
1: I, of I think it would, only, it would be a very interesting rewatch right now because I think those divides that you're talking oh, about yes. have only yeah. been accentuated yeah. in the years since this movie mm-hmm. has come out. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah it, it
0: feels it, prescient watching
2: yeah. it again. Yeah. yeah, every single character in this feels like someone that you have met. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. no one feels like a caricature. Like, And it's weird, like the characters that you kind of like, you. Tom Jane is not so much like this brave, like, Heroic no. guy is like he's just a dad trying to protect his son, and that's kind of what drives him. And then, like, essentially, the bravest guy you get is Toby Jones, yes, as yes. the the store employee who is also an accomplished oh, yes. target shooter, apparently.
0: I um, love that revelation. That's on par with the revelation in your next, which I won't give away. Right, but right, just, right, like, right. Yes. Thing where you're just like, oh, there are layers to these yeah. people. Yeah, We're yeah. constantly showing them to us. And
2: then, like, even even seeing William Sadler's character, like shift over the course of the movie because oh, yeah. he starts off like in one of the the ladies says like i had you as a kid you're kind of a, an underachiever it's so, like you see it like he's kind of got this inferiority complex and like you see him being scared like he's he's the human analog for like you know us because we're not the heroes and then like you see him start drawing towards marcia gay harden because it makes sense uh and i remember reading a lot of the inspiration for how darabont approached this came from uh the episode of the twilight zone the monsters are due on maple street yeah yeah uh because 50 percent of this is about the monsters 50 percent is about the danger from other people sure yeah. yes uh, that's, and- that's
0: the thing they would have been all right if they had just stuck together
2: yeah Yeah, and and I think that's a lot of what makes this movie work. And on the note of the effects, I'm kicking myself because I watched the regular version. There is a black Mm. and white cut of this. That's beautiful. That is amazing. And it also covers up a lot of the CGI. It really
3: does. The black and white version is so stunning. It's so and it and it seems it doesn't seem like a gimmick because it's a movie's it's called The Mist. You know what I mean? Like it's just about this cloudy it's yeah, the
2: the black and white version is so gorgeous. And that's what Darabont wanted originally too, because he wanted like that classic kind of Twilight Zone Monster movie feel too it and of course she was like no one's going to watch a black and white movie these days um so yeah there, there's like special editions floating around which is what i have that have the the black and white yeah, version yeah, but right. highly recommend seeking that out and then of course we can't talk about this movie without that ending right yeah right. yeah what we a won't guy. give away but
0: my gosh oh, is, yeah. it, is it so smart and so in keeping with the theme of the whole film you know yeah. mm-hmm. like Like, just slow down. Think it through. Yeah. Yeah, And it's so
3: (laughs) devastating. It's so devastating. And one of the things I love about it, too, is one of the things I love about the whole movie when you're trapped inside that store with them is that it does feel authentic. You know, and a lot of it is like you don't want to see it because you're like, I would not also help that person. You know what I mean? And the mom. Yeah. I love the mom who's like, who's going to help? My son's at home. I've got who's coming with me and and, and I'm like thinking to myself, fuck you, you go. Why would you drag our ass out with you? Because you left your kids at home. You know what I mean? Like, and and that's so I kind of do. I'm like, but what I love is her performance because she's just unlikable. You know what I mean? Like, she's not one of these like helpless. You don't want to help her. And then at the end, when she's looking at you and she was fine, you should have just helped her because you knew better Mm -hmm. and you should have just helped her and then everything would have been fine. I love that. I love that the movie makes you kind of hate you, right? Because I think you feel more yeah, akin to what's going on inside there if you can really feel part of the shifting, I just got to survive this, you know? And for a movie that's so surreal, so like, you know, out there, so B-movie, I love that it can make you uncomfortable with what decisions you would make if you were also trapped oh, in there yeah. with Marcia Gay Harden. Oh, yeah,
1: you <laughs> can Oh, yeah, you, you oh, yeah.
0: like I would probably you. smack her.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving up to uh, our number two, and this is from 2015, and this, well, you, interesting, you mentioned Straw Dogs a minute ago. This movie, uh, according to writer-director Jeremy Saunier, was partly inspired by Straw Dogs. It's a punk rock band forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar, Green Room. You can't keep us here, man. We're not keeping you. You're just staying.
4: Shoot who's left. Let him bleed. Ready to run. Here we go.
1: <laughs> Careful now. This will be over soon, gentlemen.
3: Now this is our number two, but it is your number one. So if you guys want to start yeah, us yeah, off on the, the conversation, yeah.
2: I I remember. I think Blue Ruin was the first thing by uh, Jeremy Saunier that I saw first. I remember absolutely loving it. Uh, and loving Macon Blair, who's the lead in that, who's in a smaller role in this, but uh, I, I love Blue Ruin, and then I found Murder Party after the fact, and then Green Room got announced, I started seeing the trailer, and I was like, oh, this, like, because I, I used to play in punk bands when I was in high school, and through college and everything, I was like, oh boy, this is aggressively marketed towards me. Um, <laughs> and, and even, like, a lot of the DIY stuff, like, when when I pivoted to comedy, like, I did a lot of what they do, I didn't siphon gas or anything, but, like, I drove cross country. I slept in parking lots and, and like was barely making it by. So, like, a lot of that was very relatable. And just, yeah, the cast, like Anton Yelchin, uh, God, who Imogen Poots? A, yeah. What an absolute tragedy. Oh. Yeah. Imogen Poots. Uh, and then Patrick Stewart oh, as yeah. a neo Nazi yeah. leader. Yeah. Like, yeah, just a fantastic cast, super violent, super grimy. Like, and this movie is like tense from. From start to finish, like the opening scene, it's like, how are they going to make it back across the country to get home? Because like they're doing this kind of weird shoestring it along as they can. Oh, they witnessed a murder (laughs) and now there are neo-Nazis. So now it's even worse. Like the the movie does a great job of keeping them in varying degrees of danger from the opening scene. And it doesn't let up until that final few moments with uh, Anton and Imogen Poots sitting on the roadside. And such a great
1: final line. I love that final Yes, line. <laughs> yes. Hey, and how, so how about, a, a, how about a Macon Blair sighting in Oppenheimer? That's huh? right. Nice. Yes. So nice for Macon.
2: Oh, I, always one of my favorite
0: I'm, sightings. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm going
2: to see that today, actually, right. so I will keep an eye out for Josh that. Josh Hartnett as well, actually. Yeah. Josh Hartnett has a pretty Ooh, had a big yeah. part
1: in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hotness, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it?
1: There you go. Yeah, this, hotness
2: is coming back. This movie is
1: uh, <laughs> the epitome of lean and mean. Yeah, it is. I mean, it doesn't waste a minute of your time. No. And you are tense the whole time. You know, that scene uh, from with Patrick Stewart on one side of the door. I mean, yeah. he's just that classical voice he's got, oh, yeah. you know, that delivery, but it's just so menacing. Yeah. And when he says something like, This will not end well. This will not. <laughs> oh! Man, and then, of course, oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, with the arm. <laughs> the blah, arm, yeah. blah. And the dogs. <laughs> yeah,
3: really... Shut up. Oh, yeah. my God. With the dogs. And, you know, Alia Shawkat, who you love oh. from the beginning. She's like the one character you just really love to death. And, mm. oh, my God. Yeah, yeah the entire. That's and great. and making Blair, too. I mean, he's he's such a, a, a strangely sympathetic character in this movie that um, it reminds you that you don't have to have one-dimensional villains, you know, that you can have, like, uh, because it you know it makes a movie – it complicates your emotions watching a movie. Um, when you just have very one-dimensional characters on either side of the line, it makes it easier. You can just root for people to be murdered. But when when you have to see them as humans, it, it makes the experience much more complicated and I think much more satisfying. And when you say uh, – this was marketed so aggressively for you – just that the poster was essentially the, the, the Clash, the Clash the album London cover. Colony. I was like, yes. I can't wait to see this. What is this movie? Please take <laughs> yeah. me. Um, what if
2: Paul Seminar had a machete instead of a base? I
3: know. Yeah, it was such a masterpiece at what it was trying to accomplish. It was so grim and grimy and gritty and just
1: electric. And there's always something just primally uncomfortable about people in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because the audience then can go, Oh, that could so easily. Oh, you just you just walked in at the wrong time and now smallest
0: smallest moment that just ruins yeah. everything and I then also so much
3: oh i I, I loved too how authentically they set up nobody knows where they are they won't like there's no you, yeah. they can all die and no one will ever know usually you're like eh, i'm not sure i fully buy that but these guys i mean they just make it such a an integral part of who the band is that you're like oh yeah y'all can just die you're all just yeah die. but there's oh. like
2: a single cell phone between the entire band <laughs> Yeah,
0: The single cell phone, that was so smart and such a great way to also talk about their sort of poverty that they're mm-hmm, living yeah. with. It's mm-hmm. like, I had the opposite experience. I went in cold. I had no idea what this really was if memory serves. And it was like one of those movie-going experiences where you're like, oh, this has like changed me as an artist, as a person. I was like so in it. I didn't even I remember vividly that I had like bought a drink. I didn't drink any of it. (laughs) I I had no snacking, no drinking, nothing. And I was just like this the whole time. I was so in love with it. And it's still one of my very full on favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And yeah. something that I can definitely say, like, has inspired me every single thing I'm writing. I'm thinking about Green Room. That's Green awesome. Room is always in the pitch decks. Green Room, Green Room. And so when I came to Dustin and, and Michelle's apartment the first time, they had a Green Room poster. Nice. And I was like, I love these people. That's right.
3: <laughs> these are my people. Green Room
0: people are my kind of people. And, I, you know, even though I don't relate to the specifics of, like, I wasn't a music person. I didn't go, you know, live in vans and that sort of thing. I think being a DIY person of any kind, I think that's mostly where I come from, is making DIY films. The apology is the first one where it's like, "Oh, I have actual budget and a union crew. This is insane," uh, but I'm used to like, "Who brought the food?" and you know, probably me. And so I think all the the this you know I always say the specificity equals universality. So even though I don't relate to the specifics of this world it you can still see yourself in it Mm -hmm. and i think that's uh and and the personal i love anything i try to do this with my stuff too i think most artists do really it's like you take your personal stuff and you put those specific details into whatever the story is and that's what makes it super special Mm -hmm. because you could say like well there's plenty of like siege movies or there's plenty of werewolf movies but it's like if you are putting your particular um obsessions and themes and stuff into it that's what makes it so special and i think this uh Sonia's work is just so um, fascinating for that. And for me, I I love all the performances in this, but Macon Blair is one of my favorite performances ever in this movie because of everything you were saying, Hope, where it's just like this idea that it's like it's scarier if you understand the motivations and they're still making these awful choices. Yeah. It's so great because it's like right there, we're all just humans in this like human pinball machine and we're just fucking up left and right. And it's just... It was really beautiful to see the process of him realizing how much like he was almost in a sort of like uh, molasses night covered nightmare where he's like I guess I just keep doing this I'm Mm -hmm. gonna keep doubling and tripling down oh man it's so good yeah so good yeah
3: it's it's one of those movies where you feel like as a film goer you're unsafe. Like, you just oh, don't yeah. know where it's going to take you. And that is so uncommon. That's such an uncommon feeling. And it's just, you know, it's it just, you're just so jazzed to be a part of that. Like, <laughs> I truly, I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Like, you you know, it's, you, you're so absorbed in it and you feel like, you know, you, you're not getting any of the little cues that you're expecting to let you know something terrible is going to happen. There's like essentially no score. It's not like there's shadowy things happening. You're the whole time. You're like, or anything can path. happen at any minute. Oh my
2: God, where is that dog? <laughs> yeah oh the dogs oh the dogs are great and there there's also like going in there was no part of me i was like at least one person in the band is gonna get killed right no everyone except one person in the band (laughs) is gonna get killed yeah when he gets his arm hacked up i also forgot how gnarly that was oh yeah it's nasty i was like how is his hand still attached yeah it's nasty very very nasty
1: yeah, that, yeah. Is, uh, that is why it's number one on Allison and Dustin's list and number two for us. So that is a green room, and it only leaves room at the top. That's right, us, that's man. right. And this one, oh, well, heck, this needs is, is no introduction at all from 1986, <laughs> Aliens. All right, people, movement. Talk to me, Hudson. Uh, I got signals. I got readings in front and behind.
4: There's nothing back here.
1: Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving, and it ain't us. Get them out, head
4: out head. of there. There's some real pretty shit now, man! That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. We better get back, because it'll be dark soon. And they mostly come at night. Mostly.
3: So I feel like maybe you and I are the only ones who can, are old enough to remember the impact of this movie when it first came out because it was fucking scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. And then, of course, the classic scene where you realize that it's a Siege movie and they're just looking. They're looking uh-huh. at the at the dots coming closer and closer and closer. You know, game over, man. We're fucked. Game over. <laughs> you're just you're you are inside that room with them going. Well, wait, they're inside the room. Yeah. Well, how are they not inside the room? And then everybody looks up and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's its just classic. It's just
1: an accentuation of, because if you remember from Alien, yeah. which I remember seeing in the theater oh, yeah, when no. it came out. I think had, I saw Aliens first, actually. You had that little beep, 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 but just one. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like, all right, all right, we're cracking that up to yeah. 11. And That's it right. does become just a total siege. And it's so, so thrilling. And you can you can fight all day about whether it's a, a horror movie or something. Right. I, I think it is. I mean, it's a monster movie. It's a monster say, movie. It's a, it's a siege with monsters, and it's so thrilling. And of course, you accentuate the the total badassery of Ripley. Yeah. Um, Sigourney Reaver is such a great character, and Newt, and you know, just go on and on and on. And it's yeah, it's a siege that she just fights through to the end, and to the, even after the end. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, it is essentially an action movie. That you know, uh, Alien. Was a horror film for sure. It was you know a haunted house movie out in space. Whereas Aliens, the sequel, was uh, James Cameron's action movie, but it was also it was it was a creature feature. It's clearly a creature feature, and there are so many things about it that are horrifying, like the sort of catacombs of of humans all uh, waiting to give birth uh, in that horrible way, oh, and, you know, amazing. and uh, that that alone is it, that is such a horrifying image of suffering and and like oh, yeah. potential for yeah. suffering this just okay they're they're suffering now but just wait <laughs> you know it's such an awful yeah, so... look um, that it, you know, that it, it is unsettling in a way that horror films really, really are. I'm I'm saying this out loud because I have argued before that Aliens wasn't horror movie enough to make a certain list, but I think it depends on what the topic is, sure. you know. And for siege movies, it's just it's such a classic that I just felt like I had to include it. Yeah,
1: and then there's the great, the, the classic device of a race against time because you oh, have sure. that big computer voice counting down and before the thing is going yes. to explode yeah. and you ah, is yeah. racing so it's so many elements just just work perfectly yeah
0: and, and funny there's actually some cross because I, I watched the mist and the aliens last night and <laughs> wow. so there's a, this crossover i just went on a I, I had written a bunch i went on the picket line and suddenly nice. i was like i'm gonna watch three siege movies last yesterday and so uh it, i one of the crossovers that i thought was really interesting was also the design of that sort of like the webbing of like the, the person being taken and kind of webbed up and yes. being invaded inside of them. I think that's a really fun example of seeing where one film has inspired another film's aesthetic and yet they both feel very unique to that world that mm-hmm. they define. And, oh man, I love that. I love Hicks and his way of just, you know, when ripley's like here's my recommendation we go to space We like sit and yeah. hit the bomb and only way to be we, sure you know <laughs> the only way to be sure and he kind of says the exact <laughs> same yep. thing yep. that she says and kind of winks at her i was That's like right. this is so satisfying yeah <laughs>
3: Right cuz he knows who's alpha, them. he can see alpha when he
0: yeah. 100% and he has no problem with that which nope. I love. I also really loved um I think it's Hudson yeah. uh, the Bill Paxton character. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love his evolution. I did not pick up on it until this latest viewing this idea that like he was so um you know, uh game over oh, like yeah. you say like uh, like this sort of uh, bravado, silliness to him like to kind of hide his his fear and that starts to evaporate. And it's like he's still kind of funny, but he's like he's really just kind of like, can we leave the room just like he's so much more like letting it just be like a little stiller. You know, know, one of the things
3: I love about the movie uh, at the beginning, of course, you know, I mean, they're they're military unit and they're referring to her as like Sleeping Beauty. And then but it doesn't take very long for the whole military unit to recognize who is in charge. You know, yeah. it's like they've been trained to follow a leader and it doesn't take very long for them to go. She's she's the leader. Uh-huh. And you know what? If they had done that in Alien, we wouldn't have needed a sequel. That's right.
1: <laughs> Don't let him in. Yes. Just
3: do what Ripley says. Yeah. So they yeah. learn that more quickly in the second. And it's got
1: kind of, so many yes. iconic moments that have just leapt into the pop culture. The suit, of course. Oh, yeah. When she gets in the suit. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then the standoff when she realizes she's in the room of eggs. Oh, my you've God. Got yeah. One mother <gasps> looking at essentially another mother figure and just what are we going to do here? Yeah. And then just she tortures him oh, yeah. <laughs> And then she's like, "Here's what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> you let me
3: out with my baby, and I'm not going to harm your babies." And then she's like, "Psych." <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: That was so amazing. Like, I, and it's funny because I had built it up to be more of a complicated thing, and it's really mostly that moment. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and the protection, like you say, of her being in the uh, in the lift, in the, like the forklift, the walking forklift, or whatever. Uh, I just I, I I love all that. I'm such a, I'm a mom. So much of my stuff is about being a mom. And, and I just thought that was so um, smart. Like, that was her sort of, you know, her hero's journey is getting to sort of see her motherhood wish through. And also, can we just talk about Paul Reiser in this movie? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about the real villain of this yeah. movie. He's great. Because, like, smarmy. You know, he, oh, Burke. He's so smarmy in that, like, it's almost like what we were kind of saying about Green Room too, where it's like this internal logic of, like, no, but, like, let's be reasonable. Right. Like, he's never, like, intimidating. He's always trying to be your buddy. Yeah. that's really scary that's yeah really scary I, and i love that this movie is almost a rever- reverse siege movie for most of the ones we're talking about we're, we're usually with the people that are inside the thing the people the things inside the thing are the aliens <laughs> they're the ones <laughs> trying to defend themselves yeah.
2: yeah yeah good point i i love this movie i think it's an amazing movie um like allison just said i if uh precinct 13 was our controversial pick i think this is a controversial yeah. pick um this is like, I feel like that the lead in the room, absolutely full on siege. I feel like there's not enough of it to qualify that for me, Um, which is what, like, this wasn't even in consideration. And then I saw your list I was like, Oh really? Okay. <laughs> but it's not
0: um, like we could be like, Oh, come on. Don't put aliens at the top of your list. Like, of but, course you could put aliens at the top of any list. It's, yeah.
2: Oh it's yeah. yeah it, it's still, still an amazing movie. It's still like on its worst day, I will still fight that it is as good as the original like oh, sure. it's it's a fantastic movie it's so good just for me like it didn't even really like kind of occur to me cuz i just didn't feel like those elements are there <laughs> But, when they are, they're amazing. Well, I remember like, you said I, that the way you
3: categorized it was the, the essentially the the majority of the film had to be a siege,
2: yes, right. Yeah, so, which was that, not really was what I
3: was looking for. I was looking for, oh, yeah, no, no like no. We also something that punctuated. and for yeah. me, it was just that scene. It was just the, you know the and you know game over
2: scene. <laughs> I, I honestly, I kind of would love to see an alien movie that is nothing but that, uh, but them coming for you, yeah. Because, yeah, it's it's a I mean, this movie is full of great scenes, but like that is easily outside of the power loader. Like probably one of the more iconic scenes in the movie is when they realize like they're in the vents. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so smart. I love the idea of something that could just be in some other level. Mm -hmm. Like it's in your space, but it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, like where's a movie where it's like it's in your in your well, I guess it's all ghost movies. So it's like in another level, but it's in your literal room. Right. Yep. I I do yep. think, though,
3: uh, one of the reasons that I like this one for the list was that it, it is a, the opposite siege. We're with the people who've come. We're with the yes. military so who The come. invading force. Yeah. Yeah. We're with the invading force that is, a, as they do in every siege movie, going to die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, and that was yes. that was kind of the caveat that Allison and I talked about. Because, like, we were kind of talking about it, too, and, like, trying to wrap our brains. It was like. I guess like if you flip it, like the aliens are the ones that are under siege. So like it kind of makes sense that yeah. way.
0: Yeah, I love
2: that. So so yeah, from that perspective, like it, it made a little bit more sense. But yeah, I'm still we also get to talk about aliens. Right, so exactly. I about that. Right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's always you yeah, know,
0: that's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I love uh I, I thought this was a ended up being a really fascinating topic because uh you know the when Dustin told me about your podcast, and I I started listening, the first one I saw was Housewives in Horror, oh. and I was like, "These people are my people." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited about that, but that one is also a lot more specific, right? You're talking about like it's a clearly defined concept. This part of the fun of it was coming up with what even the specific of the con, you know, mm-hmm. the concept was. That's delightful. And by the way, we
1: should give a shout out because I think, didn't Dustin just recently post that he's made it through every single episode? That's right.
2: I've listened to all of them. Yes. Wow. Yay. Thank you. That is very kind uh, of you. And also,
3: I'm sorry. I wish we
2: had a, something to hand
3: to you now
1: virtually, but uh, we'll have to come up with a war.
2: I'll uh, I'll take my trophy whenever it's ready. All okay. right. Fair enough. <laughs> this
1: has been, yeah, this has been a, a fantastic conversation and a great idea, uh, Dustin. Thank yes, you for thank that. you very much. Some yeah, of course. In horror. So uh, we talked a little bit at the beginning about where we can all find you guys and what you're working on. But love me put it in your own words. Where can we get a hold of you?
2: uh you can find me on all my socials i'm at dustin meadows on twitter instagram blue sky now uh i also i have a youtube page it's dustin meadows comedy that's where all my shorts live i've got a composer reel there so you can see some of my work that i'm doing i'm also currently submitting my most recent short film uh you are what you eat to festivals (laughs) uh i'm also i'm submitting it to one in columbus with the hopes of being there for it so Uh, My hope is that that'll start making some festival rounds as well. Um, uh, Allison actually AD'd on that for me. And it was my most ambitious short to date for sure. I'm excited Um, to see it. Yeah. So hopefully uh, that'll be making the rounds and people can see that because I have not made it available to anyone outside of the cast yet.
0: That short is awfully fun. We had a really good time. It's very bloody and nuts. And we had a good time. It's always fun to just, you know, make something with buddies. It's a good time.
1: Yes. Well, and Allison, um, we talked about The Apology being on Shudder, but you can also find it at other outlets.
0: Yes, uh, so The Apology is uh, also on Hulu and AMC Plus and Blu-ray and VOD, and we did have a one-week theatrical, so I know your joy. It's very fun to yeah. get to see your movie with an audience. is really exciting. So, um, yeah, and you can also find me at Allison Starlock, A-L-I-S-O-N, the word star, and L-O-C-K-E, that is my actual middle name. My brother's name is Liberty. And uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Blue Sky and uh, Instagram. And technically TikTok, but I keep not using it. I mostly just Same. Use TikTok.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: maybe one of these days. You can follow me and maybe you'll get a surprise.
1: <laughs> well, as usual, you can find us easily on the Fright Club Pod uh, account on Twitter. Also, you can find us on MadWolf.com is the main website, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. And I'm going to remember to mention mm-hmm. our uh, special Fright Club podcast group on Facebook. That's right. We'd love to have you uh, a part of. Just put in a request to join and boom, we'll get you in there. It's a lot of fun as well. So lots of places to connect with us. And in the meantime, keep in touch. We'd love to get some more feedback on maybe some of these movies that we forgot about. That's right. That should have qualified for our list and didn't let us know in the meantime until next oh what is next time we're going to be back our next fright club live will be at gateway film center in columbus that's right it's going
3: to be uh, august 11th we will actually have a double feature because obstacle corpse is going to premiere at gateway film center on on august 11th and then at nine o'clock we're going to do a podcast about the best swedish horror and we're going to follow that with our classic from this year. We're going to show Hour of the Wolf, Ingmar Bergman's okay. Hour of the Wolf.
0: Oh,
3: so every God. once in a while we class oh. it up, Allison. And this is the time. <laughs> uh, is
0: well, the I time. feel like Bergman is like such a like com- uh, like com- uh, companion to yes. horror stuff, right? So much of his stuff oh, yeah. is horrifying. I'm Fanny and Alexander. You know, I mean, there's so many Virgin Virgin Spring. Spring yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of my now like personal goals to one of these days but to go to the Gateway Film Center in Ohio. I'm an LA lady and see one of
1: your do it come out love to have you that's going to be a big night next time so uh, until then keep in touch and she is Hope Madden he's George Wolf. and this is the Fright Club Podcast stay Stay frightful frightful, my my friends. friends yay